Hello everybody, I am Dr. Armen, Professor Armen Nastvatsatryan from Yerevan, Armenia, and today once again we will talk about atrial fibrillation. So, atrial fibrillation is a rapid, irregularly irregular atrial rhythm, irregularly irregular atrial rhythm. Symptoms include palpitations and sometimes weakness, weakness effort intolerance, dyspnea, a pressing cop and up. Atrial uh, thrombi may form, causing a significant risk of embolic stroke. Diagnosis is by echocardiography. Treatment involves electrocardiography, sorry. Treatment uh, diagnosis is by electrocardiography and that is why I advise you to follow also visual guide of atrial fibrillation. It's on it's in my YouTube channel, Healthcare and Education, that you see. Okay? So, visual guide and atrial fibrillation. Uh, treatment is, involves rate control with drugs, prevention of thromboembolism with anticoagulation, and sometimes conversion to sinus rhythm by drugs or cardioversion. Atrial fibrillation has been attributed to multiple uh, wavelets with chaotic re-entry with the atria. However, in many cases, um, Fear of firing of an firing of an ectopic focus with venous structures adjacent to the atria, usually usually the pulmonary veins, the pulmonary veins, is responsible for initiation and perhaps and perhaps maintenance of atrial fibrillation. In atrial fibrillation, the atria do not contract, and the atrioventricular uh, conduction system is bombarded with just bombarded with many electrical stimuli causing inconsistent, inconsistent impulse transmission and in irregularly irregular ventricle rate, irregularly irregular ventricle rate, which is usually in the tachycardia rate range, usually, but not always. Atrial fibrillation is one of the most common, very common uh, arrhythmias affecting about, if we, if we take United States, affecting about 2.3 million adults in the United States. Men and whites are more likely, men and whites, are more, uh, more likely to have an atrial fibrillation, to have atrial fibrillation de, than women and blacks. Prevalence increases with age, almost 10% of people uh, older than 80 years are affected, affected by atrial fibrillation, affected by atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation tends to occur in patients with underlying heart disorder. Complications of atrial fibrillation. The absent um, atrial contractions predispose to thrombus formation. Annual risk of cerebrovascular embolic events is about 7%. Risk of stroke is higher in older patients, in older patients and in patients with rheumatic valvular disorder rheumatic valvular disorder, mechanical heart valve, hyperthyroidism, hyperthyroidism, hypertension, diabetes, left ventricle systolic dysfunction or previous thromboembolic events. Systemic emboli can also cause malfunction or necrosis of other organs, for example, heart, kidneys, gastrointestinal tracts, eyes or a limb. Atrial fibrillation also may impair cardiac output 
loss of atrial contraction can lower cardiac output at a normal heart rate by about 10%. Such a decrease is usually well tolerated, except when the ventricular rate becomes too fast, for example, uh, more than 140 beats uh, per minute for ventricles, huh? or when patients have borderline or low cardiac output to begin with. In such cases, heart failure uh, may develop. So the most common cases of atrial fibrillation are hypertension, coronary artery disease, cardiomyopathy, valvular heart disorders, mitral stenosis, mitral regurgitation, tricuspid regurgitation, hyperthyroidism, binge alcohol drinking, so-called uh, so holiday heart, binge or binge, uh, binge I, s I suppose, uh, alcohol drinking. Less common causes of atrial fibrillation include pulmonary embolism, atrial septal defects and other congenital heart disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, myocarditis, pericarditis. Uh, lone atrial fibrillation is atrial fibrillation without an indentifiable, in, uh, inidentifiable. Lone atrial fibrillation is atrial fibrillation without an identifiable, identifiable cause in patients less than 60 years. Uh, identifiable patients, lone atrial fibrillation. So I, I advise you to uh, look for look for uh, a visual guide to atrial fibrillation part two. Uh, this is in, on my on my channel, Healthcare and Education. So about classification, paroxysmal atrial fibrillation is atrial fibrillation. Paroxysmal atrial fibrillation is atrial fibrillation uh, with uh, uh, atrial fibrillation that uh, lasts uh, less than one week, paroxysmal, having converted spontaneously or by intervention to normal sinus rhythm. Episodes may recur, recur, recurrence, recur, come again. Persistent atrial fibrillation is continuous atrial fibrillation that lasts more than one week. Long-standing persistent atrial fibrillation, atrial history of atrial fibrillation that lasts more than one year, but there is still the possibility, possibility of restoring sinus rhythm. So permanent atrial fibrillation cannot be converted to sinus rhythm. The term also includes patients for whom a decision has been made not to attempt conversion to sinus rhythm during two several reasons. The longer atrial fibrillation is present, present the less likely is spontaneous conversion and the more difficult is cardioversion because of atrial remodeling. So rapid atrial rate induced changes in atrial electrophysiology that are dominated by decrease in atrial uh, refractoriness and may also include increase in spatial dispersion of atrial refractoriness, slowed atrial conduction velocity, or both. Atrial fibrillation is often asymptomatic, but many patients have uh, signs of palpitations, have palpitations, vague chest discomfort, or symptoms of heart failure, for example, weakness, uh, lightheadedness, dyspnea, particularly when the ventricle rate is very rapid, often 140 to 160 beats per minute. Patients uh, may also present with symptoms and signs of acute stroke or, or uh, of other organ damage due to systematic, systemic emboli. The pulse is irregularly irregular with loss of A waves in the jugular venous pulse 
A pulse deficit, the apical ventricle rate is faster than the rate palpated at the wrist. May be present because left ventricle uh, stroke volume is not always sufficient to produce a peripheral pressure wave for a beat closely coupled to the previous beat. So, about diagnosis, electrocardiography. Electrocardiography. So, once again, I advise you to uh, follow uh, visual guide part one and part two. Part two. Part two, especially. Electrocardiography, echocardiography, and thyroid function tests. Diagnosis of atrial fibrillation by, is by electrocardiogram. Findings include absence of P waves, uh, presence of uh, F fibrillatory waves between fibrillatory waves between QRS complexes, FIV F waves, A B C D F F waves are irregular in timing, irregular in morphology, baseline. Uh, undulations at rest, more than uh, undulations, uh, undu, undulations at rest, uh, more than 30 per minute, 300, 3, 3 and 2, 0, 300 uh, per minute, usually best seen in lead F1 and not always apparent at, in all leads, F1 is the, is the best, irregular, uh, don't, don't, irregular, irregular error intervals. Other irregular rit rhythms may resemble atrial fibrillation on e electrocardiograms but can be distinguished by presence of discrete P wave or flatter waves, which can sometimes be made more visible with vagal maneuver. Muscle tremor or electrical interference may resemble F waves, but the underlying rhythm is irregular. Atrial fibrillation may also cause a phenomenon that mimics ventricle extrasystoles or ventricle tachycardia, so-called Ashman phenomenon. Ashman phenomenon. This phenomenon typically occurs, typically or typically, uh, typically occurs when a short error interval follows a long error interval. The longer interval lengthens the refractory period of the infrahesian bundle branch uh, bundle, uh, infrahesian conduction system, and the subsequent QRS complexes are conducted aberrantly, typically with uh, very typically, typically with uh, right bundle branch morphology. Echocardiography and thyroid function tests are important uh, in the initial evaluation. Echocardiography is done to assess structural heart disease, for example, left atrial enlargement. A left ventricle wall motion abnormalities suggests past of uh, present ischemia valvular disorders, cardiomyopathy, and uh, to identify additional risk factors for stroke. For example, atrial uh, blood uh, stasis or thrombus, complex aortic plaque, atrial thrombi are more likely in the atrial appendages. With, uh, they are best detected by uh, transesophageal rather than transthoracic uh, echocardiography. So, uh, be worried. Huh? Atrial fibrillation with a white QRS complex may indicate Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. We'll talk about later. So, in such cases, use of atrial node blocking drugs may be fatal. So, treatment. Uh, rate control with drugs or atrial node ablation. Sometimes, rate control with synchronized cardioversion drugs or atrial fibrillation substrate ablation. Prevention of thromboembolism.
In significant underlying disorder is suspected patients with new onset of atrial fibrillation. New onset atrial fibrillation may benefit from hospitalization, but those with recurrent episodes do not require hospitalization unless other symptoms suggest, suggest the, the need of, uh, for it. Once causes have been managed, treatment of atrial fibrillation focuses on ventricle rate control rhythm control and prevention of thromboembolism. So what does it mean, ventricular rate control? Patients with atrial fibrillation of any duration require rate control, typically typically uh, to less than 100 beats per minute at, uh, at rest, to control symptoms and prevent tachycardia-induced cardiomyopathy. For acute paroxysm of rapid rage, for example, 140 to 160 beats per minute, um, intraventricular atrial uh, node blockers are used. Interventri intervene, intervene uh, for doses, uh, for the special doses. But uh, atrial node blockers should not be used, I repeat, in patients with atrial wolf parkinson wild syndrome when accessory atrial pathway is evolved, indicated by the wide curious duration. These drugs increase the frequency of conduction via bypass drugs, possibly causing ventricular fibrillation. And beta blockers, for example, metoprolol, esmolol are preferred if excess catecholamine are suspected. For example, arterial disorders, exercise stress triggered cases. Non uh, dihydropyridine, non dihydropyridine or pyridine calcium channel blockers. Uh, calcium blockers, ferapamildintiazem, are also effective. Non-dihydropyridine calcium channel blockers. Digoxin is the least effective, but may be preferred if heart failure is present. So these drugs may be used orally for a long-term uh, rate control. When beta blockers, nor uh, non-dihydropyridine calcium channel blockers, and digoxin separately or in combination are ineffective, amiodarone may be required. Atrioventricular uh, uh, node blockers shouldn't be used, in I repeat it, yeah, in patients with atrial wolf parkinson white syndrome when accessory atrioventricular pathway is involved, so indicated by QRS duration, by white QRS. These drugs increase frequency of conduction via the bypass tract, possibly, possibly, we suppose, causing ventricular fibrillation, ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, and fatal. Issue. Uh, in patients with heart failure or other hemodynamic compromise uh, directly attributed to new onset atrial fibrillation, restoration of normal sinus rhythm is indicated to improve cardiac output. In other cases, conversion of atrial fibrillation to normal sinus rhythm is optimal, but the antiarrhythmic drugs that are capable of doing so, class uh, 1A, 1C, and 3, have a risk of adverse effects and may increase mortality. Conversion to sinus rhythm doesn't eliminate the need for chronic anticoagulation. Conversion to sinus rhythm doesn't eliminate the need for chronic anticoagulation with warfarin, etc. For acute conversion, synchronized cardioversion or drugs can be used. Before conversion is attempted, the ventricle rate should be controlled to less than 120 beats per minute, and many patients should be anticoagulated. For criteria and methods, you can see 
prevention and thrombolism during rhythm control, but we talk, uh, we'll talk about in, in other lectures. If atrial fibrillation has been pre present more than 48 hours, patients should typically be given an oral anticoagulant. Conversion, regardless of method used, increase, increases any conversion risk of thromboembolism. Okay? So anticoagulation should be maintained for uh, uh, should be maintained for more than three weeks before conversion, or can be given for a shorter time before conversion if transesophageal echocardiography doesn't show left and uh, atrial thrombo thrombus. Anticoagulation should be continued for at least four weeks after cardioversion, uh, and many patients need chronic anticoagulation when possible. I'm worrying. When possible, attention please, give anticoagulation before attempting to convert atrial fibrillation to sinus rhythm. Conversion to sinus rhythm doesn't eliminate the need for chronic anticoagulation, anticoagulation in patients who meet criteria for it. So, synchronized cardioversion uh, with 100 joules followed by 200 and 360 joules as, uh, as needed converts atrial fibrillation to normal sinus rhythm in 75 to 80% uh, of patients, although recurrence rate, uh, rate is uh, high. Efficacy and maintenance of sinus rhythm after the procedure is improved with the use of class 1A, 1C, or 3 antiarrhythmic drugs 24 to 80, uh, 48 hours before the procedure. Cardioversion is more effective in patients with um, shorter duration of atrial fibrillation, lone atrial fibrillation, or atrial fibrillation with reversible cause. It's less effective when the left atrium is enlarged, more than 5 uh, centimeters. Atrial up and dash flow is low or a significant underlying structure uh, heart disorder is present. Drugs for conversion of atrial fibrillation to sinus rhythm includes class 1A, prokinamide, uh, kinidine, disopyramide, 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 1C, flecainide, propafenone, and 3, amiodarone, uh, dofitilid, dronedarone, ibutilid, sotalol, vernacalant, I don't know what is it, vernacalant, antiarrhythmics, um, antiarrhythmics. All are effective in about 50 to 60 percent of patients, but adverse, adverse effects occur. Adverse effects uh, occurs and differ. Adverse effects differ. These drugs shouldn't be used uh, until rate has been controlled by a beta blocker or non-dietropyridine calcium channel blocker. The converting uh, drugs with oral formulations are also used for long-term maintenance of sinus rhythm, which uh, or without previous cardioversion. A choice depends on patient tolerance. However, the, for paroxysmal atrial, uh, uh, paroxysmal atrial fibrillation that occurs only or almost only at rest or during sleep, when vagal tone is high, drugs with uh, vagolytic effects, for example, disopyramide, may be particularly effective. Exercise-induced atrial fibrillation may be better prevented with a beta blocker. So I advise to give beta blocker. But, but uh, maintain sport activities. For certain patients with uh, normal, normal sport activities, for certain patients with recurrent paroxysmal atrial fibrillation who also can identify its onset by symptoms, some clinical provide a single oral loading dose of flecainid. For example, 300 uh, milligram for patients, 
more than seven more than 700 kilograms otherwise 200 milligrams or propofenone 600 milligrams for patients more than 70 kilograms otherwise 450 milligrams that patients uh, carry and self-administer when palpitations deliver pill in the pocket approach huh? pill in the pocket approach this approach must be limited to patients who have an, or no synotrial or atrioventricular node dysfunction bundle branch block QT prolongation, Brugada syndrome, or structural heart disease. Its hazard, estimated at 1%, uh, is the possibility of converting anterior fibrillation to slowish anterior flutter that conducts 1 to 1, to one in the 200 to 240 bit uh, per minute range. This potential complication can be reduced in frequency by co-administration of atrioventricular nodal suppressing drug. For example, a beta blocker or norhindropyridine calcium antagonist. Angiotensin converting enzyme, AC inhibitors, angiotensin 2 receptor blockers, IRBs, and aldosterone blockers, uh, Zartan, uh, and aldosterone blockers may attenuate and the myocardial fibrosis that provides a substrate for atrial fibrillation in patients with heart failure. But the role of these drugs in routine atrial fibrillation treatment death has yet uh, has yet to be de uh, defined. Patients, particularly those in, in whom the current episode of atrial fibrillation has been present more than 48 hours, have a high risk of thromboembolism for several weeks after pharmacological or direct current, cardi current cardioversion. If the onset of the current episode of atrial fibrillation is not clearly within 48 hours, the patient should be anticoagulated for three weeks before at least uh, and at least four weeks after cardioversion, regardless of the patient's predicted risk um, of a thromboembolic event. Alternatively, therapeutic anticoagulation is started, transesophageal echocardiography is done, and if no left atrial or left atrial appendage clot is seen, cardioversion may be done, followed by at least four weeks of anticoagulation therapy. If urgent cardioversion is required because of hemodynamic compromise, cardioversion is done and anticoagulation is started as soon as is practical and as it is practical as possible and continued for at least four uh, weeks. Uh, in the onset of current episode of atrial fibrillation is clearly within 48 hours. Cardioversion may be done without prior anticoagulation if the patient has non-valvular atrial fibrillation and is not at high risk of thromboembolic event. After cardioversion, therapeutic anticoagulation is given for four weeks. However, anticoagulation may not be necessary in patients at low risk for a thromboembolic event. After four weeks uh, of post-conversion anticoagulation therapy, some patients require long-term uh, anticoag anticoagulation. For patients who do not respond to or cannot take Rate control drugs, ablation of the intraventricular node may be done to cause complete heart block. Insertion of permanent pacemaker is then necessary, obviously. Ablation of only one atrioventricular node paceway, uh, atrioventricular node modification, reduces the number of atrial impulses reaching the ventricles and eliminates the need for a pacemaker. But this approach is considered less effective than complete ablation as, and is rarely used. Ablation procedure, 
Procedures that accomplish electrical isolation of the pulmonary veins from the left atrium can prevent atrial fibrillation without causing atrioventricular block. In comparison to other ablation procedures, pulmonary vein isolation has a lower success rate, 60 to 80 percent, and a higher complication rate, 1 to 5 percent. Accordingly, this procedure is often reserved for the best candidates, for example, younger patients who have no significant structural heart disease, patients without other op options such as those with drug-resistant atrial fibrillation, or patients with left ventricular systolic dysfunction and heart failure. Long-term measures to prevent thromboembolism are taken for certain patients with atrial fibrillation during long-term uh, treatment depending on their estimated risk of stroke versus risk of bleeding. Patients with rheumatic mitral stenosis and patients with mechanical artificial uh, heart valves are considered to be at high risk of thromboembolic events and as uh, are patients with non-valvular and atrial fibrillation who have additional risk factors. So additional risk factors are identified by the uh, CHA2DS2VAS score. So I advise you to uh, look and follow uh, my visual, gui visual guide to atrial fibrillation part 2 uh, about these scores. The guidelines for antithrombotic therapy in atrial fibrillation differ in different regions. Uh, so uh, in, uh, in the United, Sa United States, uh, they used uh, follows guideline. Long-term oral anticoagulant therapy is recommended for patients with rheumatic mitral stenosis, mechanical artificial, artificial heart rate, and non-valvular arterial fibrillation with these scores of more than two in men and more than three in women. Uh, class recommendation one. There are also, you can see, in visual guide to atrial fibrillation and may be considered for patients with non-valvular atrial fibrillation for scores of more than one in men and two in women. Class of recommendation 2b. No antithrombotic therapy is recommended for patients with non-valvular atrial fibrillation and scores of zero in men and one in women. Class of recommendation 2a. Patients with atrial fibrillation mechanical heart valves are treated with warfarin. Patients with atrial fibrillation and significant mitral stenosis are treated with warfarin. For patients with valvular atrial fibrillation who are to be treated with an oral anticoagulant, a class 1, class 1 recommendation is given for warfarin with a target inter international normalized ratio in air. In air, international normalized ratio of 2 to 3, 2.0 to 3.0, apixaban, diabigatran, edoxaban, and rivaroxaban. For patients eligible for anticoagulation therapy with either a vitamin uh, vitamin K vitamin K vitamin K antico antagonist anticoagulant such as warfarin or a non vitamin K antagonist anticoagulation such as apixaban diabigatran edoxaban or rivaroxaban that no uh, non vitamin uh, vitamin K antagonist anticoagulate anticoagulants are preferred class of recommendation 1 these general guidelines are altered in patients with more than moderate renal impairment. The left atrial, uh, the left atrial appendage may be surgically ligated or closed with a transcatheter device with an appropriate antithrombotic uh, therapy is absolutely, uh, uh, when appropriate antithrombotic therapy is absolutely contraindicated. An individual patient's risk of bleeding may be estimated with any of number of prognostic tools of which the most commonly used is HASBLED.
The Haas blade score uh, serves best in identifying conditions then, in, then if modified, reduce bleeding risk rather than uh, uh, in identifying patients with a higher risk of bleeding who should not receive anticoagulation. So, about key points, uh, <coughs> we finish. Uh, we're finishing. Uh, atrial fibrillation is irregularly regular atrial rhythm that may be episodic or continuous. Paroxysms of tachycardia may occur. QRS complex are typically narrow. A wide complex may occur with intraventricular conduction defects or Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Patients should have electrocardiography, elect echocardiography and thyroid function testing. Heart rate is controlled typically to less than 100 beats per, uh, per minute at rest. First-line degrees uh, drugs include beta blockers and non-hydropyridine calcium channel blockers, verapamil diltiazem. Restoration of sinus rhythm is not as important as rate control and doesn't eliminate the need for anticoagulants, but may help patients with continuing symptoms or hemodynamic compromise, for example, heart failure. Synchronized cardioversion of drugs can be used. Anticoagulation is usually necessary before cardioversion. Long-term oral anticoagulation to prevent stroke is required for patients with risk factors for thromboembolism. So thanks, this, <coughs> so, so thanks for your attention. See you. Bye.